This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. And back for another night. As you know, the employment hours here, the number to call anytime, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. And for uh, contact online, VancouverEmploymentLawyers.ca. Lior, you are back for another week. We love being here doing this show, informing people about employment rights and severance and workplace harassment, everything under that uh, wide banner of employment law. And we always start each week, a reminder, with the week that was. How was the week, pal? Well, John, you are right. We, we do love being here, and you and I often talk uh, off-air, and we talk how you know we were able to help people and, and inform and educate and, and solve a lot of problems. I always like to say that we, we talk about the legal rights that you may not even have known that you have. So that's really what we're here to do for the next hour, to talk to you about your workplace rights, employment laws that may impact your, your job, if you lost your job, if you're struggling with something happening in the workplace, maybe someone's mistreating you, your boss is doing something. And, and you're sitting there wondering, is this right? Do I have rights? Well, you don't have to wonder anymore. You don't have to go on Google and try to find what someone may have posted on a, on a message board. We can give you the straight goods right here. Give us a call. Let's chat about it. And, of course, we'll be giving my contact information throughout the show. If you don't want to talk on air, you want to talk to me privately when I'm in the office during the week, let's do that. Let's make sure that, that you, there's no questions that are unanswered. Yeah. And, of course, as the week that was, as you said, Johnny, start off every week with talking about a couple of scenarios that I saw come across my desk over the past few days. Uh, first situation I'm going to talk about, John, uh, involved a, a, a gentleman that had worked in a manufacturing facility. And in that building where the manufacturing facility, there were two floors. The first floor was the actual plant, the actual manufacturing facility. The second floor is where they had administrative offices. So this gentleman had worked in the administrative offices section for about 10 years, performing some administrative functions, some accounting, bookkeeping, uh, that type of uh, work. Well, his boss came to him recently, and, she, and, and he said uh, that he needs that office, and he wants this uh, employee to relocate down to the, uh, to the first floor, the manufacturing facility. And when the employee asked, well, wait a second, there's no offices down there, the boss said, that, well, we'll put a desk for you somewhere in the hallway, and then you can work there. Now, uh, obviously, this was a big deal for this gentleman. He oftentimes is on the phone, and, and you know he has a nice office. Not, not a big office, but a private office, and now he's going to be in a hallway where there's a lot of manufacturing, a lot of machines, a lot of people around, no privacy, very difficult to talk on the phone, uh, because the boss wanted to give the office to someone else. So he was upset about it, as, as I think anyone would be, and he called me. And he wanted to know, well, wait a second, can, can they do that? Do I have any leg to stand on in saying no? Well, the answer to this question was, no, they actually can't do that. That's a significant change to your work conditions, going from an office, private, uh, quiet, uh, you know, respectable, to, to sitting in the hallway in the desk where you know, a lot of people, a lot of machines, a lot of noise, no privacy, etc. That's a big deal. That's where you spend eight, nine hours a day. It's a significant change to the terms of employment and, and work conditions. So what I said is, because it's such a significant change, uh, if your employer won't change its mind, you have an option. The option is you can uh, say, no, I am not going to do that. And if you're going to make me, I'm going to leave and make you pay me severance. I'm going to leave this job. I'm going to refer to it as a constructive dismissal. 
and you're going to have to pay me severance. And for this gentleman, after 10 years, he's a bit older. He's looking potentially at a year's pay. So this was a bit of an interesting situation. I don't know that I come across this exact scenario before, but I, I found it's important to, to talk about uh, on the show here because you may find yourself in a situation where your work conditions have changed. Maybe you've been uh, relocated. Uh, maybe some of the tools that you've been using have been taken away. Now there's, it's very difficult or much more difficult yeah. to do the job. Well, these things can always impact you or can impact you, and you may be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal if it's a significant enough change. Now, this gentleman has not decided yet uh, if he's going to pursue this as a constructive dismissal. He's considering this. I think he's going to try to do the right thing, which is to convince his employer not to do this, but ultimately, if his employer is not uh, going to uh, you know, cooperate and is going to insist on putting him on a desk in the hallway, John, then I think he's going to have a very good constructive dismissal case. And uh, uh, hopefully, uh, if that's what happens, we can get it resolved very quickly for him. 604-280-9898. Phone lines are open to call in. Star 9898 on your cell. What else you got going on? Got a call from a lady uh, from Surrey, and uh, she is a, he had worked in a salesperson for a, you know mid-sized company, quite a few salespeople. You know that all you know this little this sales uh, sales army almost uh, a bunch of salespeople working. Now she had uh, spoken a few weeks ago with a, a male colleague of hers, and found out from that colleague that he was earning a higher commission, doing exactly the same job but a higher commission than her. She thought that was strange, and she did some research, and she did some kind of you know, snooping around, if you will, and what she found was quite interesting. She found that all the women were making the same commission rate, all the men were making a different commission rate, and all men were making more commission than women. Uh-huh. It was She spoke to about 10 people, and you know I don't know what the figures were, but you know let's say that all the women were making 5% commission, and all the male were making 7% commission. And she got extremely upset about, at that, and, and, and she called me. Uh, she heard our show, and she called me, and she said, Lior, is this right? Is there anything I could do about this? Well, John, uh, this is definitely uh, gender discrimination. It certainly appears to be. If the employer makes a point to pay women a different rate, a lower rate uh, than men, that's gender discrimination. Now, an employer can't, doesn't have to pay employees the same for doing the same job generally, but if the reason why employees are not paid the same is because of their gender, well, guess, guess what? That's illegal. That's a violation of the BC human rights legislation. You can't do that. So she has the option, and I've told her to pursue this as a human rights matter. And uh, She's thinking whether she, that's what she wants to do. She, she can file a human rights complaint and, and uh, potentially get compensated for the time that she worked there for the difference in commissions and the difference in income that she's, uh, she's made. So your employer can't treat you differently, differently because of your gender. Also can't be treated differently because of your age, yep. your ethnicity, because you have a medical condition. All that is, is prohibited by human rights legislation, and you, you find yourself in that situation, give me a call. The law does come down quite hard on employers to do those things. By the way, Lior's uh, number outside of uh, the show hour is 604-283-3123. Again, 604-283-3123. SeverancePayCalculator.com. This is one of the greatest tools ever. Tell me more about it. Well, you know, I, I, I won't argue with that statement, John, that it's the greatest tool uh, ever because <laughs> I 
created it. So, yeah, I, I'll agree with that. But it is <laughs> an important tool. That's something that we can't argue over, and that is an extremely, extremely important tool. It's a tool that helps anyone find out exactly how much they're owed if they lost your job. And if you lose your job, you this is an important time for you to have everything that you're owed. You don't want to find out that uh, you missed out on tens of thousands of dollars when you needed the most, when you don't have other income. So you go to severancepaycalculator.com. You answer three simple questions. It takes seconds, and then you're done. It tells you how many weeks or months pay you owed. You don't have to guess. You don't have to assume. You don't have to accept less than what you're owed. So if you have this severance letter in front of you, you're looking at it and saying, how do I know if this severance yep. offer is right? Severancepaycalculator.com is where you go to. Easy, free, anonymous. Check it out, and of course, tell others about it. Someone's going to try it. And they're going to go. You know what? The uh, the letter, or at least the number on my severance offer, is different. It's like you know, it works out to be uh, seven weeks pay, but the severance pay calculator says seven months. Is there a bug in this thing, or what? Well, here's the thing, John. If if someone was offered seven weeks and the severance calculator said nine weeks, they'd probably think, you know, okay, that's kind of within the range. So it's yeah, I can see, you know, there's a bit of a discrepancy. But yeah. when someone oftentimes uses it and they've been offered seven weeks, the severance calculator can say twelve months. Or 17 months, or what you know, like time, 10 times more what the employee was offered. Oftentimes, people are taken aback and say, Wait a second, can there really be such a huge discrepancy? The answer is absolutely yes. The vast majority of people, over 90% of people, are offered a lot less than what they're owed. Not a bit less, a lot less. So, chances are, if you're holding a severance letter in front of you, that letter presents you with significantly less severance than what the law says you should have. That's why I created the calculator. That's why it's accurate. And again, severancepaycalculator.com. We'll take our uh, first short break here. In the meantime, phone lines are open, ready for you, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. We'll get into our topic for this evening between your phone calls. That is rules of thumb that every employee must know. That and lots more coming up. It's the Employment Hour right here, News Talk 980 CKNW. And back we are indeed. That number is 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. If you haven't checked it out yet, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out exactly what your severance offer should be, not what's on the paper, because we're almost guarantee it's pretty much wrong. We'll get to our phone lines, our phone call for the night. Hey, Jared, how are you? Good evening. I'm doing well. Good, sir. What's going on with you? Uh, I've got a question regarding non-compete clauses. Yeah, cool. Uh, Go for it. So my non-compete clause... Uh, in my, I work for a, a global electronics manufacturer, uh, and the clauses actually inhibited me from getting on with another company that uh, had, had approached me to come and work for them. I'm just wondering what my rights are in terms of what's valid in, within this clause. It says I'm not allowed to move to a, another company that sells a competing product. Now, uh, for the term of one year in Canada. Now, obviously, I reside in Canada, so it's a very limiting uh, non-compete clause that wouldn't allow me really to work in the industry that I work in for the term of one year. Um, is that a valid clause that someone can... Do I have a leg to stand on if I, if I did try to fight that clause? So, Jared, uh, what kind of a job do you have? What's your, your position? Uh, I am the, a national sales manager. So I, I manage our, so, our regular channel across Canada for electronics. So it's it's, it's a senior position, obviously. Um, well, I would say I'm on the on the lowest of the, in the sales positions. I would be the lowest. 
and the national sales manager okay. from there it goes to director, and then it's a fairly lean organization. And after director, vice president. So it's, I'm third down on the uh, on the totem pole. So Jared, here's here's the the answer. There's the short answer, and there's the bit of the longer answer. The short answer is that it's extremely unlikely to be enforceable, and the reason for that is our courts have said that that we don't like things that prevent people from earning a living, and especially with a non-competition clause that's this broad anywhere in Canada. Yeah, the, the chances of it being enforceable are very very small. That said, though, here's the problem. The real problem is not is it enforceable, is it legally binding. The real problem or the real question is, is your current company going to try to enforce it? That's the issue because guess what? If you're going to say, okay, well, it's not enforceable, no problem, I'm going to go work across the street for a, from a, for a competitor. Well, if your current company decides to try to enforce it, they'll take legal action against you. They'll take legal action against that company. They'll make your life quite miserable, and it's going to cost you a lot of money, take time, and, and be just a, a, a pretty crappy experience for you. Uh, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, yes, you'll likely win this legal battle, but it's still a pretty nasty legal battle to be engaged in. So as a practical matter, my advice always is that if you sign something like this, you can't just ignore it. You can't just say, well, if it's not enforceable, I'm not, I'm not going to even think about it. You're, you're taking a real risk if you're going to ignore it, irrespective of its enforceability, that your employer may actually uh, want to enforce it and, and try to take legal action, if only to make, so to speak, an example out of you to the other employees. So the better approach may be to be upfront with the company and say, can we separate here on, on, on a professional level and I'll... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna steal your clients, and I'm not gonna solicit employees from you, but you're not gonna hold me to this non-compete, uh, and, and and try to do it that way. If you don't do it that way, you are taking a risk. I don't know if they'll try to enforce it, but they may well do so, Jared. Okay. And whether or not they can or not, they can bury you in the financial aspect of of trying to. Enforce. Yeah, and, and I, I've I've been on both sides of those battles, and and they're nasty. They really are. So, yes, they absolutely can bury you and make your life miserable in the process, uh, even if they're going to be unsuccessful at the end, which they probably will be unsuccessful. Okay. But if there's precedence of another individual being hired on with the same company, competitive company, and they haven't enforced that non-compete clause, is there... Is that well, then that, that may tell you that... That, well, it doesn't have anything to do with the enforceability of the clause. It may tell you that this is not the type of company that's, in, that's inclined to try to engage in that legal battle. But again, who knows? Uh, it's no guarantee that they won't try to enforce it against you. Uh, but the bottom line is you are taking a risk. You know, The company may decide, well, if we're going to have this other company stealing our people, so to speak, let's send a message, let's, let's take legal action against someone and tell our other employees that you don't want to do that. So you don't want to be made an example out of, again, I don't know this company, right? So I don't know what they're going to do, but the risk is absolutely there. Okay. I appreciate your input. Thank you very much. Thank you for your call, Jared. Uh, moving forward, anybody else you need to get a hold of Lior outside of the show, it's 604-283-3123 or help at employmenthour.com. Pretty important stuff. Uh, you know, we talk about this all the time in non-competes, and it comes down to a matter of what you want to challenge them, even though it may not go through. Is it worth the, the dray of going through all that with the company, right? They're almost never enforceable, John. Very rarely yeah. are they enforceable. But again, a company may try to enforce it uh, to send a message. And if they do, it could be a miserable experience. So the lesson here, the, 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 the takeaway is you can't just ignore it. It's always a bad idea right. to do that. 604-280-9898 is the number to call through. Hey, Tim, good evening. How are you? Yeah, hi. Well, 
I just said that last call, and I'll tell you what. Unless you got lots of money, don't do it. Because uh, I'm going through a situation with a my son right now, and he was actually uh, an owner, and and his partner is suing every single worker. Wow. And these workers have had to hire uh, hire lawyers, and it's all about non compete and everything else, and that right. gets ugly. And I'll tell you what, for that guy, you better go and talk to your employer, because I'm employer. I own a business. I know what it's like. But but I've I, so far I've spent over hundred grand, and I'll tell you what, it gets ugly. And they can just bury you because what that guy will do is basically they will just file him with lawsuits and he can't afford it. So he just walks away. And that's what happens. And yeah. that is what's wrong with this whole system. This whole system in Canada, it costs so much, so much to defend yourself. It doesn't, it doesn't cost you much to file a lawsuit. It costs you a hell of a lot to defend yourself. And that's the and, and it's exactly what I was talking about. Absolutely, and that's a good call. But when it comes to non-competition, you have to be very careful. You can't just breach it. That the one thing I do want to say, John, before we go to break, is that un- that this is very different than disputes over severance, what we call wrongful dismissal d- uh, disputes. Wrongful dismissal disputes, unlike non-competition disputes, resolve very quickly, oftentimes without even legal action. So those are very, very different beasts. But when it comes to fighting over non-competition obligations, yeah, those absolutely can get ugly and costly. Mark, let me get you in here before we uh, break quickly. What's going on with you? Hi, Mark. Hey, Mark. Uh, my name is Marco. I worked with Avex Fly Support for 10 years almost, and I was let go. And what are my grants in the federal uh, level? So, Mark, uh, 10 years, what kind of a job? What do you do? I was the director of quality assurance and training. So I was attending bases on Toronto to do uh, managerial work in Boston. And, and, and just, Mark, yeah. sorry, Mark, how old are you? 57. So someone in your situation, Mark, would be looking at about 14 to 15 months of severance. What, what, what did they offer you? Well, they only give me about $3,400 because they say on the service that you provide, the federal government only will give me a part of every year of service. No, 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 no. So, Mark, that's a wrongful dismissal. That's nonsense, okay? You're owed probably 14 to 15 months of pay. You're in a senior position. So so after 10 years, no, you're looking at significant compensation. You, you've made an important call, and I want to connect with you off air because you're at a significant amount here. We're going to go to break in a second, but please, please give me a call as soon as possible off air. We have to connect about this. Marco, appreciate that call. The number is 604-283-3123 again. Lior's number is 604-283-3123. Help at employment, uh, employmenthour.com. As we go to break, you want to call in, talk to Lior. That's what you want to do, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. It's the Employment Hour right here, News Talk 980 CKNW.
And back at it we go at 5.33 in the afternoon here, early evening. Yeah, that number is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You want to get hold through email, it is help at employmenthour.com. And if you've never used it before, you want to find out what your severance should be on paper, the correct dollar number, severance pay calculator. Dot com. As we uh, wait for more of your phone calls to come through, Leora has promised a short time ago we'll get into our topic uh, for the remainder of the evening. That is rules of thumb that every employee must know. Number one, the law is your friend. The law is your friend, right? And a lot of people are going to be surprised that we're saying that. A lot of people think, you know, that the law is very deficient. The law doesn't protect individuals. And, and you know what? That's actually not the case. The law is actually quite good when it comes to employment law and workplace rights. The law protects employees, protects you from being discriminated against, protects you from having your job changed, protect, protects you from being let go without proper severance, etc., 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 including you know workplace harassment and, and yeah. etc. So, so law is actually very, very good. The the problem often is the reason why people believe the law is not good is there's a lot of misconceptions about the law. Some people believe that there's no rights. Some people believe that employers could do certain things and and there's half truth about about uh, these things, and, and that's really what we're here to do the show. Uh, another reason why there's misconceptions is because oftentimes people sign employment agreements. In those employment agreements, they give up their rights. So you may sign an employment agreement that allows the company to let you go without proper severance or that allows the company to change your job and, and reduce your pay, etc. And then when that happens, you say, well, the law is not good. The law doesn't protect me, where in fact you give up those rights. So really what we're trying to do here is to tell people the law is actually good. The law protects and helps and, and, and allows you to en- enforce your rights. So what you don't want to do is you never want to put yourself in a situation where you're the one that gave up your rights. So get some advice before you sign an employment agreement, before those, you give away those rights. There may be terms that you need to know about. Uh, and, and don't get your information, your legal information, your legal advice online. Don't get your legal information from your friend, George, who once had a job. Uh, you know, you really have to get uh, the, the information from the right source. Again, it has to be an employment lawyer. And if you don't like me, that's okay. Speak to another employment lawyer. But you have to get advice from an employment lawyer always. The law really is good, but the law can't help you unless you let it. So that is a rule of thumb. The law is good. The law can protect you. You need to get the right advice so you understand exactly how it does so. 604-280-9898 to call in. Talk to Lior for the remainder of the show today or star 9898, like I said, on your cell. Rules of thumb that every employee must know moving forward. If it's not in writing, it doesn't exist, it did not happen. That is a rule of thumb and that is a rule that I always advocate, and it has to be in writing. If it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. As simple as that. When it comes to workplace uh, rights and entitlements, promises that are verbal really don't matter. If your employer tells you verbally, "Well, well, uh, we're going to be promoting you in, in a year, or so you know, just hang in there, or I'm going to give you a pay raise uh, if you uh, you know are able to meet these milestones." Unless it's in writing, it doesn't exist. It never happened. It can't really be enforced. So you always, always want to get something in writing. And if someone made you a verbal promise and refuses then to put it in writing, well, there you go. You know exactly why, because they don't want to be held to it. And that tells you that you, you can't be counting on it. So, and that also goes, by the way, John, to any other uh, situations in the workplace. Maybe you're having a problem and someone's mistreating you and you wish, my gosh, I wish there was some sort of a written record of this. 
Well, again, create that record. Okay, make make uh, have a journal or a note or or send an email to someone confirming what happened. Create that written record. The written record always wins the day. If it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. And if it doesn't exist, it can't help you. In fact, it could hurt you. So you know, writing rules. Writing always wins the day. Beyond, uh, you know, phoning in the radio show this afternoon and talking to Lior, you want to get his number anytime on the side. You should have it, 604-283-3123. Talking about the rules of thumb every employee must know. There is no such thing as, and we love this term, job security. How many people use that one every day? It, it is something that people get, uh, you know, wrong, and I understand why. People believe, and, and for reasons that make sense, if I've done nothing wrong, and if I've had no problems, I've done my job as best I could, and I've, I've been a good employee, then I have job security. They can't just let me go. Uh, and, and, you know, that makes sense. Unfortunately, it's not the way it works. And there really isn't such a thing as job security, certainly in the non-union situation, in the non-union environment, and that means that if, uh, even if you're a great employee, if you've done nothing wrong and never warned, you can be let go. An employer is allowed to, allowed to let you go for, for any reason or for no reason as long as proper severance is paid. So I need people to understand that. Sometimes, some people get very upset that they lost their job, and I, I, I would understand that as well. I'd get upset too. But the reality is that from a legal standpoint, it's a question of compensation. It's a question of severance. Uh, an employer can't be made to employ someone it chooses not to employ as long as the employer is willing to pay that employee what the employee is owed. Now, a lot of people think, well, so what? I'm going to lose my job and get a week's pay? Well, no, it's not a week's pay. It's not two weeks' pay or two weeks per year or any other silly formula like that. Entitlements are significant. Entitlements are substantial, and you're going to be owed uh, significant compensation if you lost your job. The exception, of course, to this idea that you can be let go at any time is you cannot be let go for a discriminatory reason. Right. As I said earlier in the show, you can't be let go or punished because of your age, ethnicity, uh, place of origin, disability, etc. That's discrimination. That's illegal. But, John, what's my, what's my uh, blue-red car example? Yeah, if you, you, know, you come in one day, you drive a red car, the boss goes, you know what, red car people? And we're not a fan anymore. Too bad you don't have a blue car. We're going to let you go. And they can do that. As yes. stupid as that sounds. They can. That is really dumb, and, and it's very silly, and no employer, I don't think, will ever do that. But from no. a legal standpoint, that can actually be done. So really, there's no such thing as job security. It really always comes down to severance at the end of the day. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. we got wide open lines. You want to call in an opinion, a question, feel free. Have it. The rules of thumb every employee must know. You have to assume, no matter what, that your severance offer is adequate. Fall short. Inadequate, John. Inadequate. Let's let's make sure that we we we, uh, we say it yeah. right because if people think that it's, it is adequate, they're going to in, get into a lot of trouble. So, so severance, always have to assume that it's inadequate. If, if you are lost your job, and you're holding a severance letter in front of you, before you open the envelope and put the, pull the paper out and look at what it says, you have to assume it's inadequate. And the reason why you have to assume is because in almost every situation, it is inadequate. And, and it's, I'm not talking about inadequate to the tune of, well, you know, they shorted me by a week or two weeks' pay. No, as bad as that would be, and I'm not trying to uh, diminish the impact of that, uh, usually when we're talking about inadequate severance, it's to the tune of months pay, months and months pay. Yep. You may be looking at a severance offer, offer for three months when it should be 10 months or 15 months. Uh, you know, we were talking with the gentleman just earlier, Marco, 
who looks like he was offered a couple of weeks' pay, and I thought, the, and I assessed him as being owed 14 to 15 months' pay. That's not unusual. So you always have to assume your servant's offer is inadequate because if you assume that, you'll know, wait, I need to do something. I can't just accept it. You'll get advice. You'll go to the severance calculator. Uh, you'll do the right thing and find out how much you're owed because it's up to you to inform yourself. Okay? The employer's not going to tell you what you're owed. You have to, if you're the employee and you lost your job or are worried about your job, it's your job to inform yourself and educate yourself on your entitlements. So assume your severance offer is inadequate. Do your research, do your homework, call me, go to the calculator, find out exactly how much you're owed, and never, ever accept less than what you're owed. And Lior's number, by the way, as I've said it a few times tonight already, 604-283-3123 to get a hold of him directly and uh, Lior's team. The rules of thumb that every employee must know, here's a big one as well, your spidey sense. If you think you, you got a feeling you're about to lose your job, chances are you're probably right. You know, it almost never fails, John. And I've I've had man hundreds of people contact me over the years, <clears throat> saying that you know I'm getting the sense that they're going to be letting me go. Something's going on. They're not talking to me the same way. They're they're not treating me particularly nice, or maybe they're excluding me from meetings and not giving me certain information that they otherwise would. I think they're about to let me go. Well, if you think you're about to let be let go and, and there's something going on, it's probably right. It's probably gonna gonna happen. You know, as, as bad as that is and as uncomfortable as that is, it's probably gonna happen. You're not likely wrong. But the problem with that is that there's not much you could do to avoid it in most situations. If the company decides to let you go, as I said before, even if you've done something wrong, there's no real way to prevent that from hap- happening. A lot of people call me because they're worried that they're gonna be let go. And what I tell them is, as long as you've done your job and, and, and you're doing what you can, there's nothing we could do to stop them from letting you go. The only thing we can and will be able to do is make sure that you've gotten everything you're supposed to get, not what they want to pay you, not what they think they should pay you, what they actually have to pay you. So, uh, yes, if you think you're going to be let go, you're probably right. So maybe that's time. It's the time then to start getting your stuff in order. Make sure you have a copy of your employment agreement. Make sure you have a copy of any other agreement you may have signed, a bonus plan, any other workplace policies. Uh, make sure if, you, if you've been disciplined before, you have copies of any disciplinary letters because we're going to need to look at all that when the time comes. So, you know, have that there. Be ready. Uh, you know, you may even want to start thinking about looking for another job if you think that yeah. the, the, the axe is about to fall. You know, do the smart thing, do the right thing, and never, ever hesitate to call me with any questions, any concerns. Happy to talk, and there's no such thing as bad questions. Get to another call here, and uh, Rick, good evening. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, sir. What's uh, what's your concern tonight? Go ahead. Well, you guys were speaking about if you get that feeling of uh, your employer's going to dismiss you, what if that occurs? Uh, and you're in, you're a member of a union, and during the, the the process of arbitration, for instance, you're getting that feeling that your union isn't representing you, that they're more in line with the employer. Um, and I know there is a part of the labor code, section 12, to, to uh, take action with, but that's pretty ominous to go up against as a uh, as a person who's been dismissed from work, and you're not feeling like your union's backing you. What what other options do you have? 
Well, you know, if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me this question, I wouldn't be on the show right now. I'd be on a yacht somewhere in the Caribbean. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and because I, this, this is something, it's an unfortunate question that I get asked a lot. People, uh, in, in disputes with their employer, they don't feel that the union is doing enough to help them. And oftentimes, just like, uh, Rick, our caller, feels that, in fact, the employer may be more on the, on the side of the, uh, so the union may be more on the side of the employer. The reality is, Rick, that there's not much you can do. That's the problem of being part of a union is that you give up all your rights that you would have and you give them to the union and say, you now uh, are in charge. You now make all the decisions and I make none of them. I don't, you don't have you, the ability to, you don't have the ability to hire a lawyer. You don't have the ability to deal with the company on your own. You're in the union's hands. And, you know, the only thing you could do, as you said, is to file a complaint. Uh, with the union, uh, sorry, against the union with the labor board, but those are rarely successful. So the only advice I have, if you feel the union is not doing a good job, is push them, convince them, even threaten them if you have to. But at the end of the day, if the union won't do anything for you or, or won't do a good enough job, there's no recourse. Very, very different for non-union employees. So you know, it's always frustrating for me to say this. But the reality is, you know, if you if you're part of a union, you live by the union, you die by the union, and you hope for the best. Uh, you, you really don't have any other options. Rules of thumb that every employee must know. We'll get to more of those and your phone calls after a short break. Six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight or star nine eight nine eight on cell. It's the employment hour right here. News Talk nine eighty CKNW. Yep, you still got some time to call in and ask Leora a question. Make a comment, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. And uh, severancepaycalculator.com, you could try that tool as you sit here and listen to the show, find out what your severance offer should be. There is a submit button at the bottom. You can contact Leora from that. And as we sit here and speak, Leora, I know you just got a submission, right, like literally moments ago. Yeah, while we were on break, John, I got a submission from a lady that, that literally just now heard about it on, on the show. She's listening to us. And, and I'm not going to give you her name. It doesn't matter. But here's mm-hmm. what, what my, my uh, submission here that she sent uh, says. So she had worked between four to seven years. Her age is 41 to 50. She's a supervisor. Uh, and she was offered six weeks pay. The calculator correctly assessed her as being owed eight months pay. Yeah. Now, she, she's not making a huge salary. It's $40,000. But the difference for her between the six weeks that she was offered and the eight months pay that she's owed is over $22,000. So think about it, John. I mean, uh, by the fact that she used the calculator, she just found out that she's owed another $22,000 at a time when she needs it the most because she just lost her job. Right. So that's just one submission. And, and you know, I, I only mention it because we just got it, but there's nothing unusual about this. I get some, I get these submissions in the calculator several times a day, every single day. And by the way, you don't have to submit anything when you use the calculator. You can just use it for your information. If you want to, if you want to contact me with the calculator, you have that option as this lady did. Uh, but man, oh man, I mean, can you imagine, John, finding out that your, your severance offer is six weeks when it should have been eight months? It's a huge deal. Well, it's almost, it's, it's over half, half a year's pay for her. So it was, a, it was a good idea. She clicked that button at the bottom. Now she knows, right? Now she knows, and I, I'll contact her tomorrow morning and uh, see what we could do to help her right away. Help at employmenthour.com is another way. That is the email address. Henry writes in, says, uh, my employer let me go a week after I came back from a medical leave. I just found an ad online where they well, they posted for a replacement for me, my job. Can they do this? 
Wow, you know, it, it, it's it's so so upsetting for me to to hear this because I I really believe employers should know better and that employers are are, are you know the the people should be better than that. Uh, so I guess if you're coming back from a medical leave and then are let go, it already seems like you're being let be, let go because you're on a medical leave and that's illegal. That's a human rights violation. You can't be let go because you you had a, a serious medical condition. Yeah. Well, if this company thought that they could deny that and say, oh, gosh, no, uh, the, the reason had nothing to do with the medical leave, well, if, if he found out that they're posting online for his job, it's going to be very, very difficult to say that it was some other reason. So not only is this an issue of severance, every termination uh, deals with the issue of severance, but in this case, he, he probably is owed the human rights damages because it does seem like the company let him go uh, potentially because of his uh, his medical absence or his medical condition. They would have some, uh, as they say in uh, I Love Lucy, some explaining to do yeah. uh, if they really were going to try to justify this, uh, this termination on another basis. So remember, John and, and our listeners, you cannot be let go because of a medical condition or because you had the audacity to take a medical leave. If you are let go in that situation, that's completely illegal. That's a human rights violation. And man, oh, man, you got to give me a call. Lior's number, 604-283-3123 to get a hold of him and the firm as well. Uh, reminder, we get emails through the uh, help at employmenthour.com. They come from all across this country. Joanne writes in from the east side. She says, I've been given two choices, to reduce my hours significantly or to relocate from Toronto to Barrie. Now, those two towns are about, if I'm correct, about an hour, hour and a half apart. What are my rights? Well, so, John, there's another option here. And that yeah. option, she she can treat her employment as being terminated because both those options that she's been offered are significant changes to the terms of employment. And an employer doesn't have the right to do that. Your employer doesn't have a right to change your terms of employment in such a significant way. So what she can tell her employers, no, I'm not choosing either because either of those are unacceptable to me. So at that point, the employer is going to have to do something. Either the employer backs off and lets her be, or the employer is going to make the decision for her and at that point, she can say, well, no, this is a constructive dismissal, and, and I'm going to leave with severance. So if your employer is giving you the choice between two uh, bad options, you can say no to both. You don't have to accept either bad option uh, because you have a third option always, and that is to to look at it and treat it as a constructive dismissal. Your employer can't just change terms of employment uh, and, and what you don't want to have happen is you don't want to accept it and then later realize you've made a mistake. Usually, once you've accepted a change, whether it's a relocation, a pay decrease, a demotion, once you've accepted it, it's difficult or almost impossible to undo it. And then you're stuck in that position and you're, you potentially have given your employer the right to do it again and again. Just a bad situation, a bad scenario. Uh, if, if your employer is going to start messing with the terms of employment, it may be better to leave and treat that as a constructive dismissal. Well, it's like you've said so many times, the metaphor you use is, you know, once you've opened the door a crack, that gives the employer pretty much a right to kick it wide open right at that point. I've seen it many times, oftentimes when it comes to uh, to salary and salary changes. An employer would make a change, a, a reduction to salary, a small reduction, and the employee, you know, doesn't want to rock the boat, wants to be the good, loyal soldier and say, okay, yeah. I'll take one for the team. And I'll take that little pay decrease, and and I'll continue working. That's fine. I can still pay my bill, so it's okay. And, and that's that's admirable, and that's great, and I, I understand that. The problem with that, other than the obvious that you're making less money, the problem with that is that you've given your employer arguably the right to do it again. And just because you're a good soldier and you've taken one for the team and took a pay cut, 
potentially they can come back to you next month, next week, whatever, and do it again and again. And at that point, you won't have another option. At that point, you won't be able to say no. You only have one chance to say no. You only have one chance to object to a change. And if you've accepted the change, as you said, they can kick the door wide open and do it again. And that's a huge problem. That's something you want to allow the employer to have. So as I said, if your employer is going to start messing with the terms of employment, it may be time to think about another job uh, and leave and look at it as a constructive dismissal. Great for another week, my friend. In closing, Lior's number to get a hold of him. Use his number, 604-283-3123. Email is help at employmenthour.com. And finally, we've mentioned it so many times during the show, severancepaycalculator.com as well. Find out what your severance offer really should be. Till next time, the Employment Hour right here, News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.